Welcome to a very special edition of Talking Comics. I am going to be your host for this very special interview. I am Stephanie Cook, and I am joined by Chris Burnham. Hey! Yay, you made it! Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a long trip. Yeah, I mean, and it's early there. I was I was shocked when we set up this interview and you were like, you're, you're on the West Coast, it's one, 1 o'clock here on the East Coast, and you were like, 10 a.m. Like, what? Freelancers get up that early? <laughs> well, I, I wanted to, you know, make sure that I would, you know, be able to do this and accomplish something during the day. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, I think a lot of people push them, like, to the evening. Like, it's like, can we do this at, like, 9, 10 o'clock at night? And you're right. just like, no, let's get this over with. Yeah, you, you are valuable for procrastination time right here. <laughs> well, I am glad to hear that. So I think most people who are listening to this are probably familiar with you, but you, you most recently worked on Batman Incorporated. No big deal. <laughs> right. Yeah, pretty crazy. And you have a new comic coming out. Not uh, Yes. Not the nameless, but just nameless. <laughs> right. So uh, this is a six-issue miniseries that you're doing with Grant Morrison, also no big deal. Probably don't know who he is. Um, yeah, yeah, what a what a crazy thing that uh, I I'm totally used to working with Grant Morrison at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it I guess it's been I guess it's been like four years since we started working together, and now it just seems I don't know about old hat. And I don't I don't taking it for granted isn't quite the right word, but I'm totally used to it. It it seems it's you know working with the most famous writer in comics is my new normal. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> Which is always, you know, that's that's a good normal to have, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but where do you go from there? I guess just always working with Grant Morrison. I guess so. Yeah, that's that's really crazy. Just about anyone else is going to be a letdown. Sorry, more. <laughs> yep. Uh, or you'll just have to start writing. Right. So before we get into everything else, I guess you're here, obviously, to talk about Nameless. Uh, um, yeah. So this series... It's it's a horror book, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of a sci-fi horror book, and it's deeply weird in the way that uh, you know the, the deeply weirdest Grant Morrison comics are <laughs> <laughs> are kind of unsettling, and you're not quite sure. You know, you can't quite put your finger on what exactly it you know it means. I guess. So <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I think that's true in in a good way with this. So ho hopefully, it's you know. Hopefully it's properly unsettling and not just you know confusing and annoying. I was trying to remember uh, as I was prepping for this whether it was uh, you or Scott Snyder at Image Expo last year that said uh, they hoped that whoever picked up like a kid would pick up this comic and they'd be traumatized for life. I think I think that was me. Although Scott may have may have said it as well. I, I was talking with uh, Josh Williamson I think about it and. He and Scott were going up uh, like right after me at Image Expo, and they were both pitching uh, uh, horror books. And so they were just they were talking about, okay, if you say that, then I'll say this, so we won't be uh, you know replicating each other. <laughs> and I wasn't privy to this conversation, so I went up and apparently said everything that they were going to say. And you're like, <laughs> God damn it, Chris! Yeah, so uh, so uh, we we both may have said it. I'm not sure, but yeah, ho <laughs> hopefully this will this will ruin lives. Oh, well, that in a good way. Right. In the kind of way that you and Grant Morrison can only do. Right. Yeah. Ho hopefully it's in, in it's in the way that, you know, my life was ruined by uh, 
you know, Creep Show and Return of the Living Dead and the Toxic Avenger when I was a kid so that, uh, you know, you know, warped my mind and made me into the, uh, you know, guy who likes drawing eyeballs getting ripped out. <laughs> if, if, if it weren't for something horrible, I'd probably be an insurance broker like my dad. Oh, well, it's good that something horrible happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Grant Morrison, again, writing the book, uh, you are doing uh, pencils and inking, I believe, right? Uh, yes. And Nathan Fairbarn is doing the colors? Uh, yeah. You've been posting a lot about, you know, Nathan and his contributions to uh, the book so far and, you know, your work. What's it like working with him? It's awesome. We, we've known each other since before uh, we were, you know, full-on professionals. So we, we've been kind of collaborating on things for, it's, it's getting to be like eight years now. So uh, we we totally came up together. Uh, he got you know professional famous uh, a little bit a couple years before I did, but now I've I've, I've caught back up with him, <laughs> and it's awesome. We've got a, a great you know working relationship, and we're very good friends, and so we're totally comfortable you know busting each other's balls and and fixing things. So he'll you know he'll actually go in and fix some of my artwork when he's coloring, and uh, <laughs> some you know sometimes he'll tell me, and sometimes he won't, and I don't even. <laughs> I don't even notice when he does it half the time. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're perfectly free to, uh, you know, give each other really harsh criticisms and try to, you know, elevate each other's work so that we're making the, uh, the best work possible. And that's not, you know, that's not always really true when you're dealing with someone on a, you know, purely professional mm -hmm. basis and it's the first time you're working with them. It can be, it can be a little awkward to really uh, <laughs> tell them how terrible they are. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not terrible, but you guys... No, definitely push each other to be better yeah yeah he yeah he is he is he's pretty amazing and he's a he's a very good uh you know illustrator in his own regard so he's got a really good good sense of of form and light and shade and how to really uh you know use color to make a two-dimensional drawing really seem like it's a like a, a three-dimensional you know lived in world so he's he's awesome he knows exactly what he's doing that's awesome how did how did this book come about like you working with uh, Grant, I mean, you guys obviously worked together on Batman Incorporated. Did uh, Nameless stem out of uh, that? Uh, yeah, honestly, the first email Grant ever sent me when I, you know, I was getting hired for Batman Inc. He said, "Let's let's do a little run on Batman Inc. and then uh, we'll do either a Vertigo or an Image book. I can't remember. He might have just said uh, create our own." Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that was right right off the bat. He he was uh, he he thought we should do a creator own thing together, and then you know the, the Batman gig turned from you know being three or a three or four issue run into like you know, you know fifteen or twenty issues or whatever it was, uh, which took probably a little too long. Took you know <laughs> in three years on Batman, you should normally get you know more than fifteen issues done, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it is what there was, it there is. There's that there's that, there that really weird new fifty two gap where we had to take like you know, eight or 10 months off or something. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we, we, yeah, we, uh, so yeah, we'd been planning on doing a creator own book for quite a while and it just kept getting pushed off as Batman kept going. And then I guess, I guess this is like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. I don't know. At, at some point at San Diego, we, we sat down together at a, uh, it's just like that, the hard rock cafes, like wired, you know, wired brunch or something <laughs> like that. Uh, we sat down and he pitched me like, like six or eight different, you know, ideas he had. And we settled on this one. It's like, oh, yeah, this 
this sounds like something we could both totally nail. I've I've wanted to draw a horror book for for a long time. This seems, you know, appropriately weird and kind of in both of our wheelhouses that we can you know pull it off pretty well. So uh, Nameless was born. Although at that point, I think he wanted to call it Shibalba, which is uh, the name of the Mayan underworld. Mm-hmm. And if you know that, it's a pretty cool name. But if you just look at the word Shibalba, it's X I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird. Yeah, it's like what what am I looking at? So I I showed that to a couple people and they're just like exaboba. Yeah, <laughs> if, if your mom can't pronounce it, it's not a good title. <laughs> well, you know, I, it is what it is. Maybe she'll stay away from it, or maybe it'll intrigue her. Like she'll want to read it because she wants to figure out how to pronounce it. No, she would just put it right down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying. Um, so. Again, six-issue miniseries. Was this always meant to be uh, limited, or did somewhere along the way you guys decide uh, that you only wanted to do it for a certain amount of time? Uh, we wanted to do something a little bit, uh, a little bit shorter. You know, an ongoing monthly series can be pretty, you know, pretty creatively <laughs> and uh, you know, deadline draining. So we wanted to do, uh, you know, a little short blast. But hopefully. We've we've got ideas for uh, for sequel series, so it might turn into a a Hellboy sort of thing of a series of limited series. But we will uh, we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll see if we uh, have killed each other by by the end of this thing, or if the, uh, <laughs> if if the audience is fully uh, on board for it. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. It well, looks awesome you. so far. Um, and whether it was you or Scott Snyder at Image Expo, whoever said that uh, you hoped a kid would pick it up and it would scar them for life. You know, that that hooked me. Right. Um, but anyway, so you've worked now for uh, the big two. You've done independent stuff now with Image. What are the draws with working under one or the other? Oh, geez, I don't know. Well, I mean, the, the appeal of, to me, really, of working on uh, a Batman or something you've uh, everyone has heard of is that it's so easy to describe what you do. And that... <laughs> It, it it can be kind of a drag to me at least to be working on your dream job and then when you're talking to a stranger at a party or you're talking to your aunt and uncle or whatever about it and you can't adequately explain what it is that you do and you just see their eyes glaze over <laughs> and you're just like this is a, just a drag like I don't even I can't even talk about you know my passion with these people so but when you say I draw Batman just about everyone in the whole world knows what that means and so that is it's just awesome to be able to actually talk about it with just about anyone in the world. When I, when they ask what I do and I say, well, I draw Batman, <laughs> everyone, everyone gets excited about it. It's, it's really, it's really cool in a way that I draw some comic that you've never heard of. <laughs> you know, is it, is it quite as fun to say? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Batman, what was it like when you first got found out you would be drawing Batman? Was it like, you did this crazy happy dance. Did you run through the streets waving your arms, you know, like a, a maniac? I mean, you're a big comic book fan, right? Oh, yeah. yeah so, I've got a million of these things. I mean, Batman is one of the dreams. Yeah, so, it, was, it was amazing. I, you know, I don't really remember the specific moment, but uh, I definitely remember the dread and <laughs> the dread and stress of realizing that I was going to be following up on, uh, you know, J.H. Williams and Frank oh, Whiteley and, and Tony Daniel and Fraser <laughs> Irving and all those guys that had, that had drawn, you know, the other parts of, uh, you know, Grant's Batman run. And I was just like, good God, they have made the wrong decision. <laughs> 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 you 
yeah so that was that was really stressful feeling you know feeling like i have to keep up with you know my favorite comic artists of all time <laughs> that was that was uh that was rough and i mean the internet has really changed how the world reacts to everything i mean everyone has an opinion on something and yeah. not all of them are nice right i mean your art you know drawing batman is obviously something that a lot of people are going to see and talked about by a lot of people. How do you deal with um, the reactions, whether they're positive or not so positive? Trolls. Well, for, yeah, <laughs> trolls. Well, it's weird because I am I am a straight up hater and I am a total troll. So when when people say they hate my art, I kind of have to <laughs> I kind of have to respect it because I hate all sorts of stuff that other people like, and so <laughs> everyone's entitled to their dickhead opinion. So there's I can't really. I can't really complain about it, and <laughs> but honestly, honestly, for the most part, uh, most people have been, you know, very, very kind and very receptive to uh, uh, to my scribbles on Batman. So I haven't really had to put up with, you know, a lot of internet hate like a lot of people do. It's uh, apparently maybe I'm not maybe I'm not famous enough to be super divisive. <laughs> I don't but, know. Uh, I mean, you work with Grant Morrison. I don't think that equates anymore. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I don't know. I guess uh, I don't know. People seem to like it, so it's good. It's, but that's, it's, yeah, exactly. That's good. It is, it is definitely, it's definitely very nice to hear from perfect strangers that that they think your art is cool. And when I see, you know, people getting, you know, tattoos of my stuff on their arms, that's just about the most, you know, flattering thing ever. Yeah. That's awesome. It's wild. And then once in a while, you know, someone's a big jerk about it. And I guess you just have to take the good with the bad. Awesome. And most of the time, they're just, you know, saying my art sucks, not like... I am a jerk. <laughs> you know. Well, I, I guess there's one thing to be like, uh, you know, like, here's some valid criticisms of your art, and then just somebody be like, it sucks. Right. But what can you do? Yeah, I I honestly love constructive criticism. Like, to, like to me, a, a compliment isn't really actionable. Like, keep it up, kid, isn't isn't a very <laughs> helpful thing to tell me. But you know, once in a while, I'll read, you know you know, something, a little, you know, pointed criticism and it'll, I'll, I'll think about it. And actually for the, uh, for this, the Batman Incorporated Absolute Edition, which I'm pretty sure actually comes out tomorrow. I thought, I thought it was going to come out in a week or two. Apparently this thing comes out tomorrow. I oh, look at and, that. Buy that yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is not cheap. This thing is going to weigh like, you know, these Absolute Editions, these things weigh like five or 10 pounds or something. They are not it's, easy to read. Yeah, it's got like 23 issues of content in there, something like that. It's pretty, pretty crazy. You can murder someone with them. Yeah, but there's there's a couple examples in there of I heard the same criticism from a number from a number of people, and it's like, oh, you know, that must be a valid point. And so I went in and uh, and, and screwed this with some things to uh, to fix it. So I, I I George Lucas did up just a little. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good. I mean, I think that it's. Um... It, it's helpful to kind of get those feedbacks, especially in reviews from people that you uh, trust the opinions of and yeah. kind of just be like, make yourself better. Like you were saying with you and Nathan, uh, you push yourselves to be better artists. And sometimes uh, reviews can really help with that if they're done properly and constructive right. criticism. Yeah. So, uh, you know, all of that aside, what goes into a typical day of work for you? How long does it take you to complete a single page for any given project? Oh man, it is. 
I don't know. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, theoretically, it is theoretically possible for me to do a page a day. I've done it. I've done it before. I don't really like it because it kind of it kind of forces me to uh, cut corners that I don't really want to cut. So mm-hmm. normally, normally a page will probably take me, I don't know, a day and a half, two days, something like that. Some some of them, if I'm really raking myself over the coals, it can take it can take longer. I'm, there, there's a couple there's a couple pages that just seem to go on and on, and I don't even know. I'm not even sure if they're done yet. Is that including like uh, your rough layouts and yeah. uh, putting everything down and then uh, inking it? Uh, yeah. Okay. And do you do anything further with it after that, or uh, do you just pass it off to? someone like Nathan to work on it? Uh, I screw with things in Photoshop a little bit. It's nothing too major, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll clean up the line work or if, you know, if things look a little wonky, like it's, it's a, a, a thing I do a lot is I'll, you know, flop the image back and forth just to make sure it still looks right in a mirror image form. And that can, uh, that can, I don't know, make make it way more apparent that uh, your your uh, faces and uh, faces are looking a little goofy. So I'll I'll often you know, flop my page backwards and check out the faces, and I'll have to you know move the eyes you know you know up up or down a couple pixels or shrink one eye just a little bit. That's interesting. But, I've never heard of that. Yeah, because you know you 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 spend a whole day you know, looking at a thing, and it just becomes it it's, it becomes normal to look at. And so mm-hmm. it can be kind of tough to tell does this actually look weird or is this just the way, you know, this looks? And so if you, if you flip it uh, backwards, you're looking at it, you know, again for the first time and, and things that are a little off center or uh, off proportion or kind of, you know, angled to one side can really leap out at you. And then, so I'll, I'll, I'll fix it on the mirrored version and then I'll flop it back. And uh, most of the time it does, uh, it does look a little better in a way that you never would have, I never would have really noticed. That's really cool. I yeah. now I want to ask people if that's a thing that they do too, because you're the first person that's ever mentioned that. Hmm, that's cool. I like that. All yeah. right. I'm not sure where I where I picked that up from. I know Chris Sprouse for a while. I don't think he does so much uh, anymore, but he used to. Like I think he would do roughs on the front of the paper, then he would flip it over and tighten up the line work on the back of the paper. Oh wow! And then he would then he would flip it back over to do the uh, the tight pencils, and so the 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 process of flipping it over uh, twice would you know kind of help him, you know work work out any of the uh, the wonkiness that I was uh, talking about. And then also you don't really have to use, uh, I guess that kind of re- replaces the light boxing step when mm-hmm. you flip the page over. Cool. So, uh, I mean, creative stuff is. Uh really based on when you're motivated and when you feel like you can work do you ever get artistically blocked and how do you uh, deal with that when you do or if you do <laughs> procrastination twitter simply when not if uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's tough i mean it can it can, it's a little it, it's real tough to you know force inspiration to happen and uh yeah so that's when you know i guess the just the process kind of it comes into it, even if you're, even if you're totally blocked, like there's still the next thing you have to do, or you can just move on to, you know, another page. But I'm not sure if I really have a tried and true method other than just trying to plow through it. Honestly, most, most of the time I I get stuck on something, I'll just obsessively noodle over the stuff that I already know how to do. 
So if I'm, <laughs> you know, if I'm if I'm stuck on not knowing how one panel is going to look, I'll I'll really focus on all the other stuff on a page. I'm not sure if this is efficient. This is probably a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing to say out loud. But if yeah, I'll I'll just work really hard on all the other stuff, hoping that you know the, the solution will will present itself as I'm uh, you know finishing up everything else that I do know how to do. I, but I'm, so I'm not I'm not sure if that really uh, unlocks anything you know, creative, but then it just forces you. Now the only thing left to do is the thing that you don't, you know, want or know how to do. So <laughs> it just it leaves you no options at all. That so, almost seems more daunting. <laughs> just leave it as is, like a scribbly block. Right, right. Use your imagination. No one will mind. <laughs> um, so uh, do you work from home or does, do you have a studio that you go to? Uh, I uh, do a little both. My computer set up uh, and I've got a awesome motorized drawing desk uh, is at home. And then I've got a little desk in an offsite studio. Uh, so I'm, I would like to work more and more at that studio. Uh, right now I'm probably 75% at home, 25% at the studio. And I would like to uh, maybe flop those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I like working at the studio a lot. Uh, uh, my buddy Tony Fleece and I and uh, Drew Johnson and Chris Moreno and Dennis Culver and uh, Yehudi Mercado all have a studio together in uh, North Hollywood. That's uh, pretty cool. Nice. And you were formerly in Chicago, so now you are in the warm side of the world. Yes. Holy, I, I mean, I moved just barely over a year ago, and we were uh, we went back to Chicago for Christmas. <laughs> Good gravy it is cold i've my skin had completely forgotten what cold was like (laughs) yeah yeah all i mean i lived in chicago for like 12 years so 12 years of you know immunity and endurance you know completely melted away in one one year of california living so i I was i was miserable (laughs) i I don't doubt it i mean i technically live we, we discussed this on twitter north of the wall Right. So to speak. But I think Chicago, because of uh, that lake effect snow and all that, you guys are you guys are allowed to be considered north of the wall as well. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> it is. I mean, I saw those photos last year uh, when we had all that really horrific cold weather where the waves were freezing over the, like the lighthouses and stuff. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Like, uh uh-uh. so. Yeah, it's awful. I don't know. I don't know why people live there. I don't know why I lived there for 12 years. It's awful. You're crazy. <laughs> but now you live in California. So, I mean, you don't have to worry about that unless you travel back and then you just have to wear like 20 layers. Yeah. I did. I, I don't think I brought quite enough layers. But I don't <laughs> even think I, I didn't bring a hat. That was, that was maybe, maybe that would have fixed it, bringing a hat. <laughs> All right. So speaking, I, I said north of the wall. So now I'm going to throw in a random question that has nothing to do with anything. So, if you had to pick a fictional world to live in, where uh-huh. would you want to live? Like Hogwarts, Narnia, Middle Earth, Westeros, Gotham? Oh, jeez. Huh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure I have a good answer for that. Uh, I don't know. Let's let's say Pradane, and uh, I'll I'll tell you a real answer if I come up with one later. All right, deal. Um. So again, you said that you are working on being more at the studio, but you work from home. So your environment, what do you absolutely have to have around you while you're working? Do you have to have like coffee? Do you have to have music playing? Anything like that? 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I need <laughs> environmentally speaking, not really. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I'm not sure if I really need them. You I just should... enjoy them. Yeah, I definitely enjoy them, and they you know you know keep you at the drawing table. Like it's yeah, when, when a podcast is on, I get up and wander a lot less. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try not to drink uh, too much coffee these days. I don't know. I think what I need to work is having my screen off because mm. if the, if the screen is on, that becomes the the you know the internet black hole. And yeah. I, can get, I totally get trapped in that you know never ending whirlpool of Twitter, Facebook, email, Twitter, Facebook, email. You know, check what's new on Reddit. Oh, I wonder if there's a new uh, you know article up on Comics Alliance. And you know, a half hour later, you haven't accomplished a single thing. When did 10 p.m. happen? What have I even done to myself? Yeah, so I'm trying to do that less. But uh, it's it's super killer when you're trying to promote a book, and so you're theoretically doing your job <laughs> when, when you're when you're you know you know you know posting and responding and checking things out. So that's theoretically time well spent, but it's also time that I'm not drawing. So it's it's rough. So uh, obviously, image you're doing a lot of the promotion for your book. Um, <clears throat> sorry. And that's different from DC. DC is usually very much, we'll handle it. You just do your job. Yeah. How has that been for you to kind of, you know, take control of um, who's potentially going to buy your book? That is rough. I'm definitely, I'm definitely not used to really being in charge. So that is a, uh... I'm definitely not used to it yet. Hope, hopefully, over the next you know six months, as this book keeps coming out, I will I'll, I'll become more efficient and uh, more comfortable doing it. But there's so far there have been a lot of you know email chains when you know we're kind of looking for approval from Daddy. Like, are we allowed to do this, Eric Stevenson? <laughs> <laughs> and he definitely you know Image definitely wants you to just you know go ahead and do it because he's and, going uh, to say no to. Grant Morrison. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So uh, th that's that's definitely been a, uh, you know, there's been a pretty steep learning curve. A lot of, uh, yeah, it's it's been rough to get used to after, you know, DC telling us exactly what to do for so long. Like they get all, they get all the interviews. They tell you what interviews, like you, you're technically not even supposed to do interviews without going through DC. Yeah. Which is. They're very controlling. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, sometimes if if it's for a friend, I'll just do it anyway. But if it's anyone I haven't heard of, you're supposed to, you know, Run send them to DC them. and then they'll say no. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have someone monitor the calls. Right. Oh, yeah. That's really weird. I don't think I've ever had to have them step in and say, uh, change the question or shut up. Don't answer that. <laughs> but that that is what they're there for, just to make sure, you know, no one's saying anything too stupid. No one they can blacklist. Right, <laughs> right. So, you know, st staying away from DC's wrath. Um, <laughs> right. Going back to your actual art and all that stuff, how important is it for you to keep learning and evolving your style? How do you keep things uh, fresh when it comes to your art? Uh, I mean, I guess I, I mean, I'm a pretty serious, you know, comic nerd and art nerd. So I've, I've always got a new obsession of stuff I'm looking at a lot. And so that this can't help but creep in. So I was, you know, I've, I've been hooked on 2000 AD uh, for the last couple of years and uh, a lot of 
a lot of the old 2000 AD stuff has started to creep in. So there's a guy named Arthur Ranson who's very uh, photorealistic with a lot of amazing uh, shadows and textures. And so a lot of his stuff uh, has crept in and some, uh, some John Ridgway uh, as well. Some of the, some of the stuff, if I, you know, look at a panel out of the corner of my eye, I'll say, Oh, is that, it almost looks like a John Ridgway panel to me. And then there's also a, you know, I, I read a lot of manga. I think Shonen Jump is awesome. It makes me feel like a 12-year-old <laughs> boy again, <laughs> yeah. which is funny. So there's a, I would say a fair amount of, uh, of that stuff has been creeping in. If you guys aren't reading One Punch Man, you are, uh, you're blowing it. One Punch Man is <laughs> awesome. So you actually have a lot of things that are kind of outside the box for, uh, I mean, North America for the most part. 2000 AD is creeping over here um, right. slowly, but I mean... Uh, who's publishing Judge Dredd mostly here? Dark Horse? Anyways, but... I think, I think it's... I can't remember. I think it's IDW has the license, and so they're, yes, they're putting out yes, their you're own right. new Dredd stuff, and then they're also reprinting uh, you know, some of the greatest hits of the old stuff. Yeah, I'm just trying to get into the 2080 stuff right now, and yep. it looks so good, but the Judge Dredd stuff, it's so daunting. There's so much of it. It's but... so... Uh, yeah, just just dive in. It's awesome. Just do it. the coolest, yeah. All right. So, obviously, being an artist in comics means going to a lot of comic book conventions. Uh, right. <laughs> Which are fun. They're great. Uh, yeah, but, I love it. But between, like, either uh, that or something else entirely, what's the weirdest thing that you've ever been asked to draw? <sighs> I think... I think the one, I'm not sure if this is actually true, but the one I always think of is there's this guy who really likes mermaids. And he first asked me to draw, and this was this was getting to be like 10, 11 years ago. So this is before uh, iPhones were a thing, and you, you could look up you know, reference when you're on a convention floor. And so this guy asked for you know a mermaid sitting on a rock with a bunch of uh, koi fish leering up at her. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I know what a koi fish is, but I certainly couldn't draw a picture of one. And he was like, oh, okay, okay, uh, what about a mermaid in an anime style uh, dressed as Santa Claus? <laughs> pretty weird. And then he has this this binder filled with photographs of women underwater with their hair flowing, like what you know hair actually looks like flowing underwater. And then women, you know, kind of jumping out of the water and whipping their wet hair around. And... It was just so bizarre, and at the time, I'd never heard of this guy. He's somewhat of a notorious figure out here uh, on the West Coast, and he, you know, he has spent thousands and thousands of dollars on these commissions. And he's a, a other than his weird mermaid fetish, he's a fairly normal guy. But when I was looking at these things, I was like, these are photographs of women that he killed. <laughs> <laughs> like it just, it just had that sort of serial killer like you know, scrapbook feel to it. It was really, really creepy environment to be drawing this, like, you know, really uncomfortable anime mermaid drawing. That's, that's pretty amazing. The Santa suit, like I'm trying to picture a mermaid in a Santa suit and I'm trying to picture why he would have asked for that. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like how do you go from koi fish to, well, if you can't draw a koi fish, how about a mermaid in a Santa suit? Yeah, well, he had he has an entire he seriously has a binder, and there are type typed out descriptions of mm -hmm. ideas that he has. So they're they're almost like you know like cover briefs or yeah like yeah it's crazy. 
So he, he's got all these ideas you know, typed out ahead of time. Then he goes around the convention floor looking for artists to uh, you know, execute his mermaid vision. Interesting. Yeah. Now I'm kind of curious to see this sketchbook. Although, I like, bet it's amazing. Curious slash like. Right. You, you might you might wind up in that sketchbook. <laughs> oh, scary! The yeah. scrapbook. Yeah, yeah. You might you might wind up uh, you know taxidermied and mounted in this guy's <laughs> in a Santa suit. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Well, we will lighten the the subject from serial murdering mermaid fetishists to let's see. I'm trying to think of something good. If you were a robot set on destroying all humans and taking over the world, how would you do it? Oh, man. I know. I'm asking uh, tough questions. I think I would poison Coca-Cola. <laughs> that's that's interesting, and that's interesting that that was the first thing you went to. Yeah. Well, it's... It is the greatest beverage of all time. It's, it's the most delicious thing you could put in your mouth. Everyone <laughs> loves it. And also, added bonuses, I don't drink soda anymore, so I would live. <laughs> so you could be like the robot um, second command. Yes. Oh, I would be like the, the guy's but, Baltar. Yes. Oh, man. I, mean, I, I welcome my robot overlords. <laughs> yeah. Although I think, I, yeah, yeah, no. I think I've confused myself with my own question. But... I like this. Coca-Cola. And I mean, Coca-Cola obviously stems into so many other products, too. So right. everyone would die. Yeah. Ex everyone except for me. Everyone except for you. As it should be. All right. So I've got a couple more silly things before we get back to Nameless. And then right. I, I swear I will let you go. <laughs> okay. I will let you go back to work. So I have a segment that I like to call Would You Rathers. Okay. All right. So there's only a few of them. I promise they're nothing too intense, but here we go. Would you rather go back in time and meet your ancestors, like pre-1800s, or would uh -huh. you rather go forward in time and meet your, like, great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren? Uh, I would say go forward in time, for sure. Yeah. My 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 ancestors. I I just I just heard a thing about uh you know the the first Thanksgiving a couple I guess it was about a month and a half ago, <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those things that I remember. I I know how horrible you know, <laughs> you know the 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 settlers were to the Indians, but it's one of those things I just kind of know on a subconscious level and don't really think about. But then when you hear all that stuff again, it's like good God, that was my. Gr -gr -gr great grandfather was one of those assholes so i don't <laughs> i'm not sure i really you know want to meet that guy because i like, feel like you'd almost, be, you'd almost be honor bound to kill everyone right <laughs> you're a dick buddy right yeah like maybe we should just sink the mayflower right <laughs> and then change all of have you do you watch futurama uh i'm not obsessive with it but i do like it oh there's like the one episode where fry um uh meets his grandmother but he doesn't know it's his grandmother oh my god amazing yeah. and he like sleeps with her and winds up becoming his own grandfather <laughs> yeah amazing yeah all right but yeah i would definitely like to see the future that sounds more fun and then probably they've got you know jetpacks and teleportation and all sorts of stuff so yeah. we finally got hoverboards so <laughs> right we're on the right track now um all right 
So would you rather live in a world with no problems or would you rather live in a world that you rule over? Huh. I would say I would rather live in a world with no problems. I, I think ru being the ruler sounds like a drag. Yeah, a lot of pressure. Yeah, all those all those decisions to be made. I yeah, hmm. no fun. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be the ruler. I mean, I would like people to do what I tell them to do <laughs> for sure, but I don't want to be in charge of everything. But I you hope. Be... But if they had no problems, then they would have no problem with that. So. <laughs> I don't know. Give me, give me, give me no problems. All right. Yeah. Then, I, then, I, then I don't need to be the ruler because all the problems are solved. I like it. All right. So, knowing that neither of these things would change the outcome of your death, would you rather know the date that you die, or would you rather know how you die? Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I know. Tough questions. Oh man. Oh. Oh no. I guess the date <laughs> knowing knowing the method just sounds so that just sounds so morbid and that that seems like it would really really ruin it especially especially if it was something terrible. <laughs> like that, <laughs> then you would just like live in live in fear of that thing happening whereas if you know the date then you can live with just like absolute impunity up until that point. Hmm. Yes, yeah, so like, so if you know the date you you die, you're functionally immortal up until that point. So I could, uh, <laughs> right? I like it. So maybe I could I could become some sort of a vigilante or something, and, and know that no one would ever kill me. That's that's <laughs> a good point. You could just do whatever the heck you want. Right. Oh man, that that would be interesting to test. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to find um a gypsy or something. <laughs> right. I'll get back to you. All right, yep. Find me a gypsy. <laughs> or, or something, or a witch, or, you know, whoever yeah. will, will make this happen. Chris Burnham, he gives up art for vigilantism. He becomes Batman. <laughs> right. All right. Middle class Batman. Would you, <laughs> this one, I don't know why I put this one down. Blame 3 a.m. Right. <laughs> would you rather wake up naked and without any memory of the night before next to the Burger King who says you had it your way or next to <laughs> Ronald McDonald saying you were loving it? Flame <laughs> 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 3 a.m. Flame 3 a.m. Jeez. Um, I'm going to go with Burger King just because Ronald McDonald's uh, makeup would would uh you know kind of wash off on you so then you could tell exactly it's permanent i think it's makeup i feel <laughs> like you would get makeup smeared and then you could tell exactly what happened and i don't think i'd want to know <laughs> uh, all right fair enough the burger king's a lot less scary looking yeah yeah i, I prefer i prefer mcdonald's so maybe maybe that's why i, w I want my ronald mcdonald to be pure i've got <laughs> I've got no problem with uh, with the Burger King being a rapist because I don't eat there very often. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Uh, all right, last one, I promise. Would all you right. rather have a rewind button in your life or a pause button? Oh, shit. I? Oh, man. Huh. <laughs> I mean, that's a really good question. 
I don't know. That's that's pretty. That's that's getting down. That's getting down to some stuff. There's. I've definitely got some regrets and a rewind button. I'd I'd be able to fix it, but pause button. You know, I'm too stupid to. I think I'm too stupid to to use a pause button uh, efficiently because I don't. <laughs> because even no matter how long, uh, although it would it would enable me to hit my deadlines better. All right. Yeah, I'm changing it. Give me that pause button, me that pause button so that I'll be able to. Uh, to get my comics out on a timely basis. That was, that was a close call. That was a close All right. call. <laughs> All right. So I've harangued you with weird questions, and mm-hmm. we're going to end on this note. All Nameless, right. it comes out on February 4th, correct? Yes. We've talked about that, but why do you think people should check it out? Oh, man. Uh, I think it's really cool. Uh it's really weird. I think it's the best artwork I have uh, have done in my career so far, and just about everyone who I've showed it to agrees. Uh, so I think we could just take it as a fact that it's the best artwork I've ever done. Whether <laughs> whether or not that means it's good or not, I can't tell you, but it's it's the best thing I've done yet. I think it's a really good uh, Grant Morrison comic. It's uh, oh, I guess I get, we haven't really even discussed what it's about. It's basically <laughs> we we kind of touched it, on it, and then we skipped to other things. So yeah, it's a, yeah. It's like, yeah, sci-fi horror thing. So it is basically uh, my my you know, elevator pitch is it's basically John Constantine goes to space. Basically. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a you know you know evil death asteroid coming to uh you know coming to blow up the world and only uh you know only our you know cynical mystic guy can uh you know he he gets hired by a by a team of uh, a billionaires kind of a you know Elon Musk uh, SpaceX types. So, uh, so they they fly up to this uh, you know mystical, mystical asteroid to uh, to see if they can uh, prevent the Earth from being destroyed, and then it gets much weirder and weirder <laughs> as the story goes on. So, so the story itself kind of morphs from from issue to issue. So it you know it changes from contact to you know Armageddon to Event Horizon to God knows what. And I guess things must move pretty fast paced since it's only six issues. Yeah. So it's yeah it's a yeah, you. Know, I'm not sure if you're ever gonna quite know exactly where you stand with this thing. It keeps, you know, it, you know, can it's a, it's a little squirmy. It can, you know, squirm out of your brain just where you think you know where it's going. It, uh, you know, takes a really weird, you know, upside down turn. So you're gonna have to read it a few times. I I sure hope so. Yeah. So <laughs> you have to you're gonna have to buy the issue, and then I think you're gonna need to buy the trade as well when it's done. And then the absolute <laughs> edition. <laughs> right. Eventually. Yeah. All right, so uh, this episode is obviously coming out uh, before the release date of February 4th. Uh, how can people get their pre-orders in? Uh, yeah, well, so the final order cutoff is this Monday, the 12th. Uh, yeah, so uh, so yeah, if you go to your you know friendly neighborhood comic store and tell them, I need Nameless in my life, uh, they'll know what to do. But if you want to be extra efficient, and I think... I think these are th- these are mostly useful just to remind yourself that you want to you know that you want to uh, to ask for it uh, on my website uh, chrisburnham.com. I've got a uh, little order form uh, PDF that you can print out and fill out and take down to the comic store, and you just hand it over. It's got the uh, it's got the order code on it and everything the store needs uh, to to order this thing. And I think really the act of printing it out and filling it out will remind you when you go to the comic store on Wednesday that you do, you know, want this comic. Because I always go to the comic store with, you know, something in mind, but seeing 
you know, all the other stuff that's right there, it always deletes my brain the second I walk inside it. So, there's so uh, many I, things. I, there's so many things. Yeah, so, uh, so, so print this thing out and uh, remind yourself to tell the, uh, your, your store owner that you do want uh, them to pick up Nameless for you. That would, I would uh, greatly appreciate it. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, again, Grant Morrison holds a lot of weight in the comic book community, so chances are people will pick this up, but pre-orders are still very important. For sure, yeah. It's, a, it's the best way to make sure that the book is, uh, isn't sold out by the time you get there. Exactly. So is there, is there anything else you want to add in about Nameless before you get to work for the day? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's good. I think you're going to like it. Awesome. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Can't wait to read it. Where can people find you other than chrisburnham.com? Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I am the Burnham on Twitter. I, uh, I very rarely update my Tumblr. Oh, and uh, I basically don't do anything on Facebook at all. I just, uh, I accept anyone's friend request on <laughs> Facebook. So my Facebook feed is a political nightmare. <laughs> but Good I, times. I, yeah, I very rarely post anything. I basically just use Facebook to look at, uh, you know, the, the children of my high school friends. That's, it's <laughs> that's basically, uh, Facebook is basically now those chain letters we used to hate getting an email. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. So I don't blame you, but so Twitter, your website. Awesome. Uh, And if anyone wants to follow Talking Comics online, we are simply Talking Comics on Twitter uh, and Facebook.com slash Talking Comics. And I think that is just about it. Oh, and the forums, TalkingComics.FreeForums.net. If you want to follow me, I'm at HelloCookie on pretty much everything. And... I think that's going to do it for this special episode. Chris. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And well, thanks for having me. Answering all of these questions, legit <laughs> and otherwise. <laughs> Yay. Make sure you guys pick up Nameless February 4th and get your pre-orders in before then.